Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Cholton Live. This is the big match preview. This is the big match playoff preview. Uh, my name is Louis Mendes. Joining me here in the studio at the Valley as we get ready to gear up for the first leg of the playoff semi-final with Doncaster Rovers is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> That's how I'm doing. <laughs> I don't really know, to be honest. Mm. But basically, just just to sum up where I am at the moment, I, I, I started off by moaning to Tom that the, the week's going a little bit too slow for my nerves. By the end of it, I was moaning that the minute between 6.59 and 7 o'clock is going a little bit too slow for my nerves because that minute dragged on forever. I just want this week to be over. I just want this horrible situation that is the Football League playoffs to be over successfully, please. On tonight's show, we will... Try and it's like a group therapy session. I've said it before on this show. We're all nervous. We're all desperate for to, to get to Wembley. We're going to do it as a group. We're going to talk about it as a group. We're going to see. We're going to say it. Say how we feel. You know. Try and support each other through this. We're going to hear. Um, uh, our views ahead of the game of course we're going to look back at our previous three games with Doncaster so far this season we're going to hear from uh, the runner up and the third place in the player of the year Navi Sartre and Josh Cullen they, uh, they spoke to us at the player of the year dinner on Sunday evening and talked about the playoffs and of course their own seasons so we'll hear from them an exclusive interview Liam Hoden from the Doncaster Free Press is going to tell us how Donny are doing ahead of it how are they feeling coming into a game with you know the informed side in League One which is Charlton Athletic um, we're going to try and discuss what we do do know from team news press day hasn't happened as of yet on Thursday Lee Bowie is doing that on Friday so we haven't got uh, too much extra from last week but we'll, we'll discuss what we know um, if we have time which we might try and squeeze it in Roland had a say this week try not to think about it too much but we will address it and finally you know this is a really important week for the Charlton family and uh, there's uh, no one else who, who is as big a part of the Charlton family than Kim Dixon the Charlton Athletic uh, supporter who's uh, captained the women's team for years and years works for the, 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 women, the, the community trust as well she's a massive part of this club and she got an award for her services to the club and to women's football uh, so we'll hear briefly from her as well uh, towards the end of the show uh, if you want to have your say on tonight's show you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at Charlton Live. have your say on the Charlton Live forum as well like I say it's group therapy everyone's involved everyone's excited everyone can explain how they're feeling as we go into the biggest game here uh, well the biggest game for Charlton since last year when we were also in the playoffs and it went horribly wrong and that's why we're all nervous Tom um, I'm nervous you look nervous too uh, just ridiculous yeah and every time I start to forget about the game there'll be another tweet that crops up about the sales or that video that's doing the rounds that Sky have put out or something that just brings it all back and reminds me we've got to face this on Sunday uh, and like you said the the time's just going slow I, I want it to be now I want it to be over it's this is awful and I, I didn't feel like this last year because as I've mentioned on a few previous pods there was that I didn't feel that expectancy um, and I think you and I mentioned it earlier in the week on a WhatsApp group that 
we almost expect to go there and win now. And it's not going to be like that. It is going to be a close game. It's going to be cagey because it's the playoffs and because Doncaster are a good side. But because we're on such good form now, there's if we were neutrals or we weren't Charlton fans, we'd be looking at this thinking, well, Charlton should go there and should get mm. a result. But obviously, because it's your own club, you just can't think like that. And the expectancy's just got me. And... Uh, yeah, I just don't really know how I'm feeling at the moment. I just did a bit just before we came on air uh, on on Charlton Live with one of the, the Portsmouth local radio stations that, that, that covers their club, and they're talking they're talking to someone from each of the, mm. the the sides in the playoffs, and and they said exactly what you just said, you know, and they're saying exactly what the Sunderland fans were saying on their forum when I was having a look last week before the the, the game with Rochdale. Teams wanted to avoid us because we're we're flying. You know, we finished third. I mean, mm. that is over over the course of a forty six game season. We are the third best team in League One. Um, you know, it doesn't matter that we literally only jumped into third for the first time in that season on the last day. It's the points that you get over the course of the season. We are a big draw in this. Interesting to see how how Donny is seeing it as well, which we'll hear from from Liam Hoden from from the the Doncaster Free Press up there later on in the show, as I said. But the fact that teams wanted to avoid us and the fact that the, the Portsmouth uh, guy who I was chatting to said exactly what you said. As a neutral, they're, they're expecting us to, to, to smash Doncaster over mm. two legs. And we're going to go there with a, consciously or subconsciously with a level of expectation that is dangerous as a supporter because we probably won't go there and win 4-0 on Saturday, which is sort of how people are sort of talking in hushed tones because we've yeah. played really well. We've beaten some really good teams over the last few weeks. We've beaten Portsmouth. We've beaten uh, you know Luton Town. We've ended that that spell they've been on. We've, beat, we've beaten some good teams and we've smashed some, some small teams as well. But this is the playoffs and this is a Doncaster side who are the sixth best team in League One over the course of a season and who've got some very dangerous players. So we just need to remember if at half an hour you know we're 1-0 down or it's 0-0, don't be shocked because th- this is a good team. We need to try and temper our expectations. We can be confident, but let's not be overconfident. We believe, we respect. Yeah, yeah. As Nathan said on Twitter all week, I've been desperate to get that in. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well played. Um, I think we've scored 18 goals in our last eight games, which is over two goals a game. We've won seven out of eight. Uh, you look at it all on paper uh, and the, it says we're going to win these games, but the game's not played on paper. And we talked about it on Sunday's pod at Player of the Year. And the players mentioned it. Lee himself mentioned it. Form goes out of the window for the playoffs. And we have to respect Doncaster because they are a good side. They've got the likes of Malik Wilkes and and John Marcus, who are dangerous players. They caused us real trouble up there last time. And I think we all agreed over the weekend that if we come back from there, even with a 1-0 defeat or a draw, you look at that and you think, right, home is the place to turn it on because that's where we've been uh, banging in goals for fun over the past few games. That's not even a given, but... There's just so much, as I say, so much expectancy now. Um, the way we've been playing, it I, I don't think it's just me. It feels very, very different to how it did when we got into the playoffs last year. The players on Sunday came across differently to last year. It was last year almost felt like a bit of a surprise and a bit of excitement. And, well, this is going to be an experience, whatever happens. And this year, you know, you had the likes of Prattley coming on and saying, um, you know, we you know, enjoy the experience, focus, that you could see it in their eyes, they were focused. Lyle said the same thing. You know, I asked him, has he thought about that goal at Wembley? He said, no, I'm thinking about Doncaster. That They seem so focused. They seem so ready for it. And last year, I just, I felt like we were all just so pleased to get there. Um, but this year, it doesn't feel like that journey's done. It feels like we're part of the way there. Uh, and that expectancy is causing the nerves. But yeah, you ask anyone who knows anything about the football in this league or anyone who just looks at the form tables and they would be backing Charlton. And 
I guess we have to do the same and try and put our football fan nervousness to one side but it's definitely not going to be an easy game by any stretch mm, certainly not Tom there was of course mentioning uh, some of the interviews we had with, with players at the player of the year dinner on, on Sunday I mean our show's been uh, downloaded loads already but if you haven't heard it as well you, after you've listened to this one go back to, to, to the player of the year dinner podcast in, in your podcast feed or on the Charlton Live website and uh, I mean it's a two hour show because there was plenty to talk mm. about but if you, even if you just want to listen to the interviews that start after about an hour and 15 I think uh, on there maybe an hour and a half listen to Lyle Taylor listen to George Lapsley and Darren Prattley listen to Lee Bowyer the way they talk about it and we're going to hear another interview from that dinner later on in the show today with Cullen and with Saar but listen to how they talk about it compared to how we talk about it as well which I think is quite interesting because we're we're both you know shaking already it's Thursday evening and I've been shaking all week unfortunately because I'm pathetic but I mean Lyle (laughs) Lyle Taylor there's there's no nerves on him there's no nerves on on Georgie Lapsley or or Josh Cullen call this guy in the room I mean there's luckily the luckily we're not playing basically (laughs) yeah yeah and uh, as I say they all look ready they all look focused and I remember like even watching the Masters the other week when when Tiger won his focus on that last round you know he wasn't laughing he wasn't smiling like we've seen him do he he just bullied the rest of that pack off the uh, off the course and, and deservedly won our players on Sunday you know yes they were they were laughing and joking they were taking pictures with people but the minute you caught them when they weren't around anyone, you could see that focus in their eyes. You could see that determination. And as I say, all of them spoke the same message. They all said the journey's not over. They all said we are focused on this game. They all talked about how this week has to be a normal week, how they will train in the same way as if it was just another league game. And and that that level of consistency and the, the confidence that they have coming off the back of the run we've been on, like I say, I think it's seven wins in eight and 18 goals in those games... It, you know, they've got a right to be confident. Aribo today, if anyone's seen that video on, on Valley Pass, you know, he just says, well, we're back in and we're training like normal and, and why wouldn't we be confident? And of course, they, as, as as we said right at the start of the pod, you've got to be careful of overconfidence because we can't underestimate Doncaster. They finished sixth for a reason. They're a very good side. But we finished third and we finished a lot of points ahead of them. And based on that, you've got to back us to, to do well. Um, we're going to have a huge support up there as well, which I'm sure we'll... We'll talk about later in the pod, and that's going to make a huge difference. Again, as all the players and, and Bowyer has referred to, um, and we've seen it for ourselves at the games we've been at. I just there's just a, a feeling around the club that this time is different to last year, and that feeling makes me even more nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly that. If James tweets in saying, I listened back to the Lyle Taylor interview on the Player of the Year Dinner podcast, and if he can continue to keep the great mindset with this great bunch of players, then there is no reason why we can't get to Wembley Lyle. Uh, is the image of Clive with the added exuberant personality goals and natural for Lyle and the overall full package. We now have a squad to beat all in front of us. I'm cautiously optimistic we'll do it in similar... Uh, I was similar against Ipswich in 98, so let's just do it. Mark Anderson says, just reassure me that this is our time. He says he's becoming an alcoholic wreck, and I think oh, it's going to be me. We're, we're going up to Doncaster on Saturday, uh, a reasonably sized group of us, just because mm. I don't like getting up too early on a Sunday morning. So we're going to stay up there, uh, which also means that we're going to have time to sit in the pub all afternoon watching the other game. So I'm going to get 
I'm going to get so exuberant that hopefully I'm going to forget we're playing for That's a while and just and just uh, just try and enjoy it. Cliff Scales says, for me, the home leg is key. If we can avoid defeat or get a narrow win in the first leg, I just think we will be too strong at home. Whatever happens, both games will be tough. And we've had three tough games already, of course, with Doncaster Rovers this season. I think now maybe let's have a little look back at how our three games with Rovers have gone this year and uh, see if we can try and think that maybe we can take any inklings from those games as to how the playoff games may go. Right, should we start to look ahead, uh, Donny? Coming down to the valley on uh, on Saturday to, to take on Charles swings it in towards the six-yard box. Little flip, oh, the Joe Arebo pokes it home for the addicts. The corner from Josh Collin was initially won by Arebo. Off the bar, deflected back to the uncentral midfielder who taps it in to make it Charlton 1, Doncaster 0. Instead clips it towards the back post and Collin is it! Come on! Carlin Grant has scored. It was a wonderful ball in from Lyle Taylor. It looked like he was going to feed it to Solly who was going on the overlap. But instead, right-footed, he drifted it in towards the back post. It went over the head of all of the Doncaster players. And there was Carlin Grant on the edge of the six-yard box, unmarked. It looked like he hadn't got enough on his header to direct it in. And it bounced once, and I think the keeper should have done better because I think the keeper had a chance to palm it round the post and instead palmed it into his own net. And on, what are we, 32 minutes, and Charlton a 2-0 up. I thought we was outstanding. They were a good side, Doncaster. And the way we performed there, you'd have thought that they was higher, uh, lower, lower in the league than where we are. You know, it's what you just see there, I see every day. And, and their togetherness and their fight and their want to pass and they tackle, you know, like everything, every part of the game, we won today. Right, let's uh, turn our attention to Saturday's home game with Doncaster Rovers, second round of the FA Cup. To be taken by Andrew. Chips it into the penalty area. There's a header from Butler. It's come off a Marshall oh, and it's gone no. in. And Charlton have conceded a rather soft goal. The corner came in. Butler with the header down. Marshall standing right in front of Phillips. It just comes off his chest and into the back of the net. And Doncaster have the lead. Levisar's there. It's gone beyond Levisar's. Bend it back across and it's a soft one. And it's Butler again. He's put the header back across and into the net. And Doncaster are 2-0 up. And there was some positives from today. Um, it was obviously going to be tough. That's their starting 11. And obviously we made, what, nine changes from our last league game. So uh, it was always going to be tough. But we learned some valuable things today. And so did some of the players. There's some, there's some pros and, and, and cons to like everything. The fact that we're going up to Doncaster Rovers to play a game of football now, we do need to concentrate on the football. Cullen with a short turn, quick corner, Vettikali had made the run, back to Cullen. Cullen fizzed it across. Oh, yes! It's a goal for John! Josh Cullen with a shot, Marquee, I think, deflected it past his keeper, or maybe even through his legs. But John never lead. 26 minutes into this second half, Josh Cullen will claim it. Uh, it has to be an own goal, but what a brilliant bit of play from Charlton. It's been coming the last five or six minutes. Charlton have really stepped it up. They've been fantastic. Chance after chance after chance. Ball up towards Wilkes. Wilkes uh, shadowed by Purrington, but he gets a shot away. Oh, and he scores. Finish. 
Phillips is fuming at his defence straight after that change was made and Doncaster about to bring on two players but a wonderful finish from Wilkes who's probably been their most creative player you'd have to say he had his back to goal on the edge of the penalty area and he'd had half a second to turn and fire that shot in left-footed Phillips furious that there weren't Charlton players closer to him very little he could do in the Charlton goal and just two minutes after the Addicts are ahead they find themselves Whiteman takes the shot Whiteman oh, oh. gets the bar he's going to drop again to Whiteman heads it left to Marquee Charlton not defending it oh and it's there oh no it's offside oh <laughs> oh the, the assistant never had his flag up when the ball hit the back of the net Nobody, uh, people are just starting to realise around us. That was uh, at least we deserved today. Um, first ten minutes should have been free up. Um, second half, hit the post. We had chance after chance, we just, just didn't take chances. They made good blocks, keep them made good saves. Yeah, it looks like um, one of their fellas who's in and around a six yard box. He gambles on the actual shot and then gets a. It looks like he gets a little flick on it because he runs away celebrating. So and, and he's in an offside position. Uh, that's 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 what it looks like on the telly. So I have to say I thought the the ref was very good today. I thought he was he was he was a good one. So there we go. A look back at our three encounters with Doncaster Rovers so far this season. A 2-0 home win in the league uh, back in November. Then we lost 2-0 at home in the FA Cup second round in December. That was, of course, a, a much-changed side from, from the Addicts. Um, and then we go to Doncaster back in March. We draw one all. Um, as you heard there at the end, perhaps there was a little bit of luck in the fact that there was an offside goal that's still still debated as to whether it was or wasn't offside. Um, if you ask any Doncaster Rovers uh, fan, I'm sure they'd say that it wasn't. If you ask any Charlton fan, I'm sure they'll try and say, well, it looked like he ran across whatever. Um, but if you forget the last 15 minutes of that game, we were probably well on top in that game as well. And, and we should have scored. Uh, we should have been three or four nil up by the time we actually scored. Um, Doncaster had chances in that game. They had a lot of offsides against him, actually, weirdly, in that game for, for John Marquise as well. So a, a strange game that you, certainly you could say we've competed with them when we've played our, our full team. I, I guess you're going to say that we're, we're going to have to not count the, the FA Cup game because they played a strong team and mm. we didn't. So you look at that home game, we were comfortable. You look at the away game, we were more than in it for, for large spells. So you, you look at those those previous encounters and again, you, you're going to take confidence from them. Yeah, and, and I think the fact that we finished 15-odd points ahead of them in the league as well. Um, and obviously those results come from playing other teams, but I think that's still relevant too because it shows the respective quality over a period of 46 games what we as we've said plenty of times we have to temper that with the fact that these are one-off games if you like but the mentality around the camp is no they're not one-off games treat them like any league game and on that basis you're right I think the the home game obviously as you heard there I commentated on both so you obviously watch the game a bit more closely than if you're just in the stands and oh, in my case yeah okay fair enough but um yeah, I certainly the home game, I never felt like we were in any danger of losing that game at all. Um, the away game, they had spells for sure. But as you say, we, we our tactics certainly forced uh, Marcus into a lot of trouble. He kept getting called offside and 
Um, the goal at the end might have been might have been uh, unfortunate from their point of view, but if it is, then that's only one point that we would have dropped. We'd still have finished 14 points ahead of them just with that change or 13 or whatever the difference would have been. So um, that doesn't concern me too much either. I think largely, as I said earlier, if you take any stat, any comparison, anything, apart from the fact that I think Marcus made some team of the year than Lyle didn't, um, which in itself is questionable, I, I, we are the better side. There, there's no two ways about that. Whether that makes any difference when it comes to, to Sunday is another thing and how the players handle it and and all of those other factors that we, we can't really measure. Um, that we just can't you know, put on paper. And as I say, the game's not played on paper. But from that point of view, I do think we have a better side. I do think we're in better form. We finished the season better. All of those things do add up. And uh, if anyone else is feeling like us, I guess that's where you're conflicted because you, your head's telling you, well, you should win this game. Your heart's telling you, yeah, but it's my club and I just don't know what's going to happen. It's never that simple, is it? No. I mean, I mean... To- Charlton are a very different team to the team that played Doncaster at the Valley back in October. Um, starters, I mean, Carlin scored a goal that day. Um, we, we, but I mean, it's, it's such a crazy situation that we, we you know, and I said, I've said it over the last few weeks that despite the fact that we lost a a fourteen goal striker who was brilliant for us and he and he's done well since he's got up to the Premier League as well in in a very poor side. I still think we're a better team now than we were then, even when, when we beat Doncaster comfortably at home. Um, I think we started playing a bit of that better football in particular. Where by the time we, we'd gone to Doncaster away, I think Johnny Williams had signed for us. We started passing the ball around a bit nicer. And, you know, we, we mentioned that away game where it took us until about the 70th minute to score. Um, we we sh- literally we should have scored three or four goals in the first twenty minutes. We had an, a flurry of, of chances in the opening stages. Now you look at that spell of that game, that that away game where we took the game to them. I mean, there's no different metric because it's a playoff game, is there? I mean, surely you'd expect Bowyer he's not going to change his style. We're going to go there and we're going to start playing football and try and get into their box nice and early. Yeah, definitely. I think the tactics will be largely the same. I've just had a quick look at the formation or the the lineup as well and and that's pretty much what we'd expect you've got the the Solly Saar Sa, uh, Bauer Perrington back four you've got Bielik in there Cullen Aribo Williams we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with him and then Taylor and Vettikele so you'd imagine if if Igor's fit then it will be yeah. much the same if and, not you'd imagine similar formation Dick still as well for Solly and that's the only, yeah. the only two changes exactly. you think the the difference I think is the bench where both Marshall and Fosu were on the bench and I think now we've got more strength in depth, not in terms of personnel, but in terms of the performances we're getting out of them same players. So Lapsley was on the bench for that game, didn't come on. Morgan didn't even make the bench. I'm not sure if he was fit. Um, and Marshall and Fosu did. I think if you look at the bench we will have on, on Sunday, whether Marshall, uh, sorry, Morgan or Lapsley or Reeves or, or even Prattley make it into the starting eleven, the players that we bring off the bench now seem to be having an impact in every single game we play. And and that again adds to the to the quality that we've got and the confidence that we should have going into this game. So yeah, it's uh, uh it sounds like I'm basically spending this whole hour trying to convince myself we're going to win, yeah. and in my heart I just can't quite I, I, allow myself I to say, believe. I, it. I, I spent the entire week doing that. I'm, it, it, I can't say I imagine no. that any Charlton fans would just listen to whatever the Portsmouth radio station was that I was just on. But I spent the entire the entire 15 minutes I was on going going through mm. what we've just done, saying this is why we're so good. This is something we've been really good at recently. Yeah. This is another thing we're great at. But I don't think we're going to... I'm just scared. Yeah, it's just bizarre. And it's so hard to try and reconcile how you're feeling about it and how... 
Um, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if this year as well. There's just that you know I wanted to win last year, but this year because of how much love you have for this team as well and yeah. this manager, you, I just I, I'm so desperate for them to win as well. And you know I, I just really want everything to fall into place, which it has over the last few weeks, and I'm I'm so desperate that it happens for them. Right, I need. <laughs> Oh, excuse me, I'm losing my voice. I need five minutes to try and uh, recover myself. Um, so I think now is a great time to, to play another one of our exclusive interviews from the Player of the Year dinner. Now, um, uh, we've, we've got some really good feedback from our Player of the Year dinner show um, that, that we released on, on, on Sunday evening. Um, I was so pleased with some of the interviews we had with Lyle Taylor, with Lee Bowyer, with, uh, with George Lapsley. Uh, Darren Pratlin with Lizard Jupy as well. So we, we, but we had so many good interviews that we saved some of them. We saved one of them uh, for right now. Now, obviously, Lyle Taylor was your Player of the Year for this season, but in second place was Naby Sarr, and in third place was Josh Cullen, and we managed to grab both of them at the dinner on uh, Sunday evening. We're now joined by the runner-up in the uh, Player of the Year award, Naby Sarr. Naby, congratulations! I mean, that, that, that's a fan. That, that's an award that the fans vote for. So. To, to come in the top two, um, you must be pretty pleased with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty happy. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. So, so yeah, it comes tonight. So I'm very, I'm very, very happy. Yeah. Obviously, um, Lee Bowyer had some very nice words for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I mean, one phrase that he used in particular about when, when you were first here at the club, and he, he said you were dead, you were dead and buried, and the fact that you've come back from that. I mean. Mm-hmm. There's no secret about the fact that when you were first here, you, you didn't get as many games as you wanted. Uh, you yep. ended up on loan. So to come back and to put in the performances that, that you have this season, a lot of people say that takes a lot of character. Do you, do you feel like you've had to work particularly hard to to achieve what you have done this year? Yeah, of course. You, you need to work hard to, to to do what you want to do. But I wanted to prove that to, to everyone in Charlton that I, I could play in this team. Uh, the, the first year for me was very, very difficult. I had uh, some time to adapt to the English football because I, I was coming from Portugal, so it's a different football over there. So, uh, yeah, with time, patience and work, everything go, go right, so I'm happy right now. Now, of course, um, in, in the second half of this season as well, I mean, you've, you've been keeping Jason Pierce out of the team. and I mean, Jason Pierce is, is the captain. Um, if anyone was going to keep him out of the team this time last year, I would have been shocked that, it, that anyone could have because, obviously, he's been so consistent for... For, for the addict so the, the fact that you've been able to, to, to take his place if you will I mean his the, the competition does, do you think that makes you a better player? Yeah of course well, like when you play you need to play good to keep your position and when you're not playing you're just waiting for an opportunity to, to, to play to, to show good and and uh, I think when uh, Jason got the, this injury I had this opportunity and I think I, I took it well but it's um, like I said, this healthy competition between me and him, I think he, he get us going, so so I think it's good. Excellent. So stay there, Nabi. I'm going to bring in Josh Cullen yeah. as well. Uh, Josh, Josh, you came you came third in the Player of the Year award. Uh, your season on loan at West Ham, obviously, uh, for yourself, the, one of your formative years, um, coming out to play in the lower league and to get your experience. So to, to 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 come within the top three here, you must be really pleased with with the fans voting for you for that. Yeah, it's, it's always nice to get a, a little bit of recognition. Um, I think probably it could have been a lot of players that, that could have been in the top three tonight. I think everyone's been fantastic this season. Um, but like I said, yes, it's nice to get a little bit of uh, recognition from the fans. And yeah, I'm, I'm pleased to, to pick up the award. And of course, um, 
you, you've got something, we just spoke to Darren Prattley who's been through the playoffs as well, but you, you got to Wembley, didn't you, with, with, with Bradford City, so you know what, what's coming up, you know what it's all about, so are you able to, even with your, the youth on your side, are you able to impart some of that experience on your teammates, the likes of perhaps Naby, who um, you know, ha hasn't been able to, to play at Wembley yet? Yeah, I think, obviously, when you get to the playoffs, you can, you can overthink it a bit in your mind. Um, Naby's a an experienced player and, and he knows what he has to do week in week out and that's going to be the same in the playoffs it's nothing's changed it's a normal game of football and if we win three games now then, then we'll get promotion so it's you just have to break it down in your head not overthink it too much um, and we'll go there and, and try and win games as, as we have all season well, this is a question for, for the two of you but um, obviously Josh is a loney and Naby coming back to the club over the last couple of years and um, the team spirit that we've seen at Charlton this year if you go back three or four years ago a relegation from the championship it felt like there was a fractures in the squad and perhaps the, the team spirit wasn't quite there do you think Naby that Lee Boyer has really fostered a team spirit this year everyone playing for each other uh, yeah of course like the, the mentality is different from, uh, from three years ago and uh, I think we have more stability because three years ago we had three different managers in one season so that was difficult but yeah, I think uh, Bo got this, this stability and, uh, and fighting spirit for, for everyone here. Yeah. And Josh, obviously as, as a loanee coming in, um, so sometimes throughout the years you get loanees and Charlton fans will say, oh, I'm not sure he's, he's really that bothered to be here, but no one's ever questioned yourself with that. I remember actually the time you were doing the commentary with the lads up there, I think it was Bristol Rovers or someone. And we Sunderland, Sunderland, Sunderland. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. we scored the goal. And I mean, you were celebrating. Um, you and Paige, you were celebrating more than more than the fans. It seems. I mean, it, it feels like you've really bought into to what Lee Bay is trying to achieve here. Yeah, I think that's the the minimum fans expect when when you sign for a club, whether on loan or permanent, that you give hundred um, percent. And everyone around the place, from the staff to the players to everyone around the club, the fans. Since I've walked through the door. Um, they've been brilliant to me so I feel like I, I owe it to them to, to give 100% um, and yeah it, it means just as much as um, to me as it does to, to, to the lads that are signed here permanently so we're all like you said about the team togetherness we're all we're all fighting for each other and, and fighting for the same goal so um, yeah I'm, I'm as fully in, in involved as any permanent player is. Now, of course, um, yesterday's third place finish now. We know who we're facing. We're facing Doncaster Rovers. It's a side that we beat here at the Valley. Away from home, you sort of scored, but they took it away from you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, they, um, you know, away from home, it was, it was a funny game, actually, because we were probably on top until we scored, and then they came back into it, and then we might have got a bit of rubber the green with the offside goal uh, that was ruled out late on. But we've shown that we can compete against this side. Obviously, we finished well ahead of them, but... I guess results in previous games just go out the window when it comes to the playoffs because, I mean, it's a lottery at times, but you certainly can't you count on the fact that we've beaten them this season. I mean, like you say, it's a game of football. We have three games left, hopefully, so we just go for the win. And uh, we know our quality, we know what we can do, and uh, I'm sure he's agreeing with me, we can beat any team, so we just go there confident. Yeah, you feel, you're feeling confident, Josh? Yeah, I think, yeah, like, like Nab said, we've... I don't think any team we've played against this season we've come up against that we've been outplayed or they've been a class above us. Um, we know we can we can play play well against anyone and, and that'll be no different against Doncaster. Obviously we respect them, they're, they're a good team. 
they're uh, they're in the playoffs for a reason. They've had a good season, and, it, and it's going to be a tough task. But we're confident going into it that that we can come out come out on top. Maybe just a quick one for me. That that free kick at Wimbledon. <laughs> just just talk about that, eh? <laughs> you do that all the time. Training? No, that no? was that was a one on one. We've, we've heard a rumor that you're the best finisher at the club. No, they say this for fun. But. No, you save him, save him one up, up for the playoffs He's as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you do that at Wembley in the playoff final, every single one of us will get your name tattooed somewhere on our body. So that's your challenge. There. I hope you're recording this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you're yeah. recording. I am deleting it though. If you do it, though. right? Excellent. Chance, thanks for joining us. Um, as I'm saying to everyone, all the best for for next week and the week after. We're all really behind you, and we hope Thank that you. we can uh, we Thank can you. get to Wembley as well. Thank, you. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. Very much. Thank Thank you. There we go, Naby Sar and Josh Cullen coming to speak to us exclusively at the Player of the Year dinner. Um, yeah, I forgot that we promised to get Naby Sar's name tattooed on us if he scores a free kick at Wembley. So let's hope that we find a more conventional way to, yeah. to, 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 to get promoted. Um, I, I love, uh, again, speaking to them and hearing how, how much calmer the players are uh, c- compared to us fans because yeah. it's clear, especially you know, especially Cullen there as well. You know, he's been there. He's been to Wembley with Bradford City, so he he knows what it's all about. It's, it's you go through our squad. I mean, uh, Chris Maxwell has been to Wembley with Fleetwood, unlikely to be involved. So, but Lyle Taylor scored at Wembley. Uh, Josh Cullen's played at Wembley for Bradford. I'm, I'm certain there's going to be more Prattley. in there as well. Uh, eh? Prattley. Uh, Prattley, of course, yeah, with, uh, with with Swansea City scored one of the greatest goals we've ever seen in a playoff semi final. So, if you can repeat that trip as well, so th- there's players who've been there and done that, which, which possibly helps to explain why there are so many calmer heads mm. in the squad than there are in the supporters who haven't been to Wembley since uh, 1998. Yeah, and you talk about Maxwell probably not being involved there but the experience that he can give someone like Dylan similarly for Prattley yes he's unlikely to play if we were to get there but the experience he can give to the likes of Lapsley and Albion and and even other more experienced players who just haven't played there is still going to be invaluable Um, and and that's what this squad has it it just has such a good harmony they're such a good group and you're right there just listening back to that interview because that's the first time I've heard it back since Sunday the word that you mentioned there, how calm they sound. I hadn't really noticed it at the time, but it, they do. They just seem focused. They seem ready. They seem relaxed. They seem happy. And it's it's not a surprise because they are in a good run of form. But even the likes of Cullen and, and people who we've had here on loan, they really buy into what we're doing here and they buy into Lee Bowyer. Taylor mentioned it himself. You know, it's the reason he signed for us. And there's just such a good group there. And you mentioned it earlier that maybe that's why we we want this so much now because we've got a group there that feel like they deserve to put the Charlton shirt on when they go out every week. And it hasn't always felt like that in the last few years. And, and we know the reasons behind that, but this group, I don't think there's one player in there that pulls on that shirt. And I don't think he deserves to, or understands it. There might be players that we think maybe haven't done that well in the shirt, but, but the unity in that group and they, they just get it. They do, they get the club and, and the fans are responding to that. And, it would just be brilliant for for all of that that good to end with a promotion because I think that's what everybody deserves. Mm, right, I think I think Sunday was probably the second or third time I've got to interview Naby Saran. At the start of every interview, he always starts off with an apology. Sorry for my English. Uh, your English is better than Nathan, be better so than don't it. worry about it. He always 
always apologises for his lack of English, but like he literally does speak English yeah, better than Nathan. Like perfect and, English. Yeah, than, than uh, some of us as well. Right, a couple of tweets came in. Uh, Mark says, Hi, Louis and team. So excited for Sunday uh, going up on the away coach. Have such a good feeling about this playoff campaign now. Hopefully, we can take a good lead back to the Valley. Brilliant ticket sales, home and away. Thanks all for the great shows. Cheers for that, Mark. Our absolute uh, pleasure. Yeah, the ticket sales, home and away, have been brilliant. I mean, we're, we're, I, mean I dare say, we're, we're close to selling out. If you haven't got your, your ticket for the away game, then you need to act right now. Now, um, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, it may even be too late because there's uh, what, 100 left or something. something like that, yeah. So you need to get on the website right now uh, to see if you can get one. Uh, and the home game, they're looking pretty pretty close to selling out as well. Hopefully, they'll be opening the the, the closed blocks in the east and west mm. stands uh, soon as possible, so we can can get that sold out as well. It's brilliant support, and it just shows the, the the power that this club still has uh, off the uh, or, or, you know away away from what's going on, and uh, also shows that the magic that that Lee Bayer has sort of worked here as well at the Valley. Mark Anderson says. Uh, we lead uh, tedious lives, well I do, but to, to live for the days ahead. The uh, rubbish that we've become accustomed to, well, what may be on the horizon, all I know, if there's going to be a show, then Charlton will be there, we'll be there. Well, let's have a uh, very quick break and then we come back and we're going to hear uh, from Liam Hoden from the Doncaster Free Press to find out how Donny are faring ahead of the playoffs. Switch across the left-hand side and parents and... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A good one. It looks okay for the time being. Parenton looking to try and oh, look to take on Thompson. Instead goes back inside to Cullen. Needs a little bit of support. He turns, works a bit of space for a cross. Cullen, ball into the box, finds Arebo. Arebo! Arebo! Inside the penalty area, his shot went across the face of goal, and the Gilvery didn't even go for any areas past him and into the back of the net. And Charlton just before half time had the lead. So, welcome back, it's Charlton Live here. The big match preview, the big match playoff preview, as I keep saying. We're looking ahead to the playoff semi-final first leg away at Doncaster. Now we need to find out how Rovers are thinking about things. Uh, Liam Hoden's come on the show a couple of times throughout the year to preview games. Uh, I got him on the phone again during the week to find out how Doncaster are feeling ahead of the playoffs. I think there's a fair amount of confidence. As much as I don't think they necessarily phrase it this way, I think it feels like a bit of a bonus. Um, while the target from set by Grant McCann all along was a top six finish, they know that they're kind of the underdogs. Um, 
and they've kind of relished that as well uh, this season. Um, kind of made a big deal about and being written off. I think they were as short as five to one to be relegated. That's something that McCann's repeatedly brought up. So it is kind of seen as a bit of a bonus in that they'll go out and see what happens. They're confident that they can that they can win. Um, win promotion that they can go through these games and, and get done what they need to get done mm. but um, yeah they know they also know that it's going to be tough uh, against teams that are, are much more fancied that have, have been a lot stronger this season you only have to look at the table to realise how difficult how much how far behind Doncaster are really uh, in, in terms of the, the other three teams in the playoffs but they're going with a lot of confidence and I think they did have a wobble going into the uh, into the sort of final weeks of the season, but I think what now that they've got over that line, the, the pressure's kind of off. Really, they they were the team that were being chased that um, Peterborough were sort of breathing down the next hole away, and they obviously made it go down to the final game with that win and Peterborough over uh, Portsmouth. But yeah, I think. Um, I think now the kind of shackles will be off a little bit. Uh, can go and play with the freedom that they were playing with earlier in the season and uh, look cause what probably would be an upset. Mm, yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, that the fact that Doncaster finished 15 points behind Cholton. Um, so, so they will be going into it with an, with the underdog tag. Is that something that, that Grant McCann likes to try and play on? Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's spoken so many times about Rovers being written off, whether it was before the start of the season, but during the season and, and this, this little bubble that they had at the end, I think a lot of people thought that they would kind of drop out and, and Peterborough would overtake them. And then it, again, that being written off in, in this in this playoff campaign as well, finishing so far behind uh, some some very big clubs. Um, so yeah, he'll he'll play on that. Has played on that all season, and uh, yeah, I think he, he is he's sort of determined to prove people wrong uh, along the way. So what sort of shape do Doncaster feel like they are in uh, coming into these playoffs? So we mentioned that little wobble, but just before that, they'd won four in the row. That that sort of run that obviously put them in, in pole position. I mean, do, do you think they'll find it easy enough to sort of revert to that form as we hit the playoffs? I think I think so. I think, as, as I say, the, the shackles will be off a little bit. They, um, they, I think very much this wobble that they had running up to the end of the regular season, a lot of nerves came into that. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. They were um, overawed quite a bit at Sunderland um, in a televised game, and then I think that really made them sort of the, the doubt start to come into their mind. You could see it on the pitch. They played Accrington and were were awful that night, um, and and lost to to Accrington. Um, they kind of steadied it a little bit again uh, away at Oxford in what was a tough game. They got a point that kind of made sure that it was still in their hands going into the final day. And then they were through some early nerves in that final game against Coventry, but once they'd gone in front, the, the confidence seemed to come back and they pushed hard for for a second, um, which they eventually got. So I do think that they will they'll feel a lot more comfortable. They've got a fully fit squad to choose from. Uh, there's players that have, have come into form over the last few weeks, like Kieran Sadler, who's kind of been uh, sort of on the fringes since he arrived at the club. So I think they're feeling in good shape. John Marcus, of course, as well, he, he scored in the last two. So I, I, there'll, be, there'll be plenty of confidence. And particularly, obviously, the first legs at home, they've, they've had a really good home record this season. They've lost three times. 
Um, so they're confident of getting uh, of being in a good position as they come down to the valley. And of course, in the, the the two league games throughout the season, Charlton were two 0 victors at the Valley. Then it was a one 0 draw at the Keep Moat Stadium, where it's quite an interesting game, really. But Doncaster were quite unlucky not to uh, to, to well to have the winner ruled out right at the end. Um, from seeing Charlton play this season, um, uh, how do you, do you think that they'll prove a test for Doncaster? Definitely, definitely. I look back to that first half at the Valley. Rovers started pretty well, but once. So Charlton got into the stride. Rovers couldn't deal with them really, and uh, once they gone to no down, the game were completely over. But I felt that Charlton really exploited some vulnerability in Rovers, particularly so the, the, the Charlton seemed to target the centre halves with, with balls over the top and getting runners in, and that really seemed to cause uh, Rovers problems. And then we had in the in the opening stages of that game at the Keymore, Charlton started really really well, and Rovers just didn't have a kick for the first 15 or 20 minutes. Um, sort of relentlessness from Charlton. So I think we've seen in, in the two league games that what Charlton can do and how they can hurt Rovers. Um, obviously, Rovers did well. And, and, and I do think we're unfortunate not to win that game at the key ball. So mm. I expect it to be a, a, a competitive game um, with two sides that are really going to go for it. And of course, uh, the, the danger men for... For Donny, I mean, obviously, John Marquise will stand out as a a man who's got 25 goals, a South London boy as well. But is there anyone else who, who'll be up there that Charlton should keep their eye on? Um, Malik Wilkes, who, uh, if I'm right in thinking, scored against uh, Charlton at the keep, or mm. he's on loan from Leeds United, uh, plays either in a, in a front three, uh, the, the right side of a front three, or the uh, the right side of a the three behind Marquis. Uh, he just loves to put inside onto his left foot. Um, it's amazing, really, what he's done this season and oh, so many of his goals that he's scored, I think it's 16 that he's on so far, um, have been him cutting inside from the right onto his left foot and shooting low and hard for the near post. And uh, some, uh, The amount of times he has success with that or causes problems, despite the fact he's just doing the same thing over and over again, it's frightening, really. He's got so much power and the directness, so he's one to watch. If he, if he sort of... Gets his teeth into the game. He, he can be very, very dangerous. And uh, a couple of midfielders as well. Herbie Kane on loan from uh, from Liverpool has been very, very good. Particularly in the first half of the season, he's not quite replicated it over the second half. But he can do a bit of everything in midfield. Break up play. Got a really good uh, eye for a pass. Uh, can score goals as well. And you can say the same about Ben Whiteman, the player of the year, really, who uh, has kind of developed in, in a deeper lying role, but will also come forward with a shot from outside the box and uh, can pick a pass as well. So, yeah, there's some good players in this team. There's some good footballers. They are a good footballer inside. So, players that can cause problems. And I can't not mention James Coppinger, 38-year-old, made 49 appearances this season, just signed another one-year contract. Um, and he's still as, as dangerous as ever um, with what he can create. So there we go, Liam Hoden from the Doncaster Free Press. Uh, press uh, looking ahead to the game from a more Doncaster Rovers point of view. Um, interestingly, the way he describes it is almost a, a, a bonus, I guess. You know, and, and that underdog mentality. Grant McCann will certainly enjoy playing on that. He talks about 
how apparently they were as short to five uh, at five to one to go down at some points with some bookies at, at the start of the season. So he he loved the fact he keeps bringing that up shows he's going to be playing on 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 no one no one's ever believed in us that that sort of mentality and it's a dangerous one and that's why you know as as conflicted as we are with our cockiness and then te- being scared i mean you you've got to make sure that that you do respect them absolutely we do yeah we have to um we believe and we respect <laughs> again yeah um i I've just having a look interestingly on the odds and, and we spoke the other week about it saying Sunderland and Portsmouth were joint favorites well us and Sunderland are now joint favorites with Portsmouth dropping off so Again, that kind of leads into the same thing that people are backing us to do very well. But you're right, we have to respect them. And we've talked a lot over the last few weeks about how last season we were in it as underdogs. And obviously that didn't work out. So I'm wary of saying it's just going to work out for them because they're underdogs. But it is different because it's a different club. It's a different scenario. Um, But uh, you're right, we, we have to respect them because sixth in in this league is still very impressive and you look at the teams above them perhaps people wouldn't have expected Luton to be up there but they were and on merit but in the other four clubs there Barnsley, Sunderland, uh, Portsmouth and us they're they're massive clubs massive massive clubs and clubs that have been in the championship or higher for for plenty of years in their history and therefore to finish just below them is is absolutely no uh, no bad thing and they've done so well to get there and and they're going to be a force at home. He spoke there about Wilkes and, mm. and Marcus in particular. They're players we'd referenced earlier in the show. We referenced them in previewing all the other games. They've got some danger going mm. forward, and they can score goals. That, that Malik Wilkes in particular, in that in mm. that 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 game at the keep mode, he was a yeah. real handful on the ball. Really difficult to 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 get position off him. Now, of course, we are talking ahead of of press day, as I mentioned earlier on during the show. But I mean, th- there will be a couple of, of questions that you hope will be addressed during that press day that hopefully you'll be able to read online tomorrow. Igor, I mean, Boya said after the, the the game on Saturday that he hopes to have him back. I know. There's plenty of rumours going around for sure, but I mean you can only really go off on, on what Bo you're saying mm. at the moment. Um, so if he's in, if he's not there, it'd be interesting to see whether we, you know, match up. It sounds like Donny player three at the, at the top, which is yeah. what Liam was saying there. Do we do we do similar because we have done that recently? And Williams, you know, maybe Reeves or, or, or someone similar, or, or will we go with the two with Parker? Um, another question in the middle of the midfield is after Albie Morgan played so well on Saturday. Mm. I mean. Will he get be involved at some point over the next two legs? So there's some uncertainties, which again, I mean, the headaches are in one case is nice to have in the midfield, not ideal up front if Igor is going to be out, of course, because um, he was he's, he was on fire be- yeah. before that. But that uncertainty, in a way, will will annoy Doncaster as well because they'll want to know how we're setting up. Hundred percent, yeah, they're not going to know how to set up to match us, but. Uh, you mentioned there whether we'll match them. For me, I, I don't think we do unless Boya thinks that's the right the right tactics to beat them. I think he's done this ever since he's been chart manager, okay, over only a relatively short space of time. He looks at us first and foremost. He looks at the best way to beat them. If that is matching them up, that's what he'll do. But if he thinks our four four two can beat them, then that that's what he'll play. Um, that's obviously what he played up, the, up there last time. I... Personally, obviously, don't know enough about Eagles' injury to say whether he'll be fit or not. But for me, even if he's only 70-80%, you, you just don't risk him. We've got a home game here. We've potentially then got a game at Wembley. Give him another week to get fit. What you know? Yes, Parker had a, another tough time at the weekend. But his we spoke about it on the Player of the Year show. His movement and the way he played actually provided a lot of space for the midfield to run into. Um, he set up Joe Aribo's goal with a little back heel. His movement uh, created the space that let Albi play in Lyle Taylor for the for the third goal, I think it was. So 
I, you know, he's not he's not Igor, he's not Carlin, but he, he works hard, and uh, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see him start, and it it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Obviously, as we said again on Sunday, we we just love him to get a goal. Mm. But if that doesn't happen, I think the work he puts into the team it's <laughs> it's more than just scoring goals, and and Lyle's there to do. It'd be that. weird. I think looking at some of the comments on forums throughout the, I mean, we know he got that sarcastic song again yeah. as we mentioned, but I, I do think that by the end of the game, people are thinking, well, you know what, he's actually really trying yeah. hard here, and you know, he, he's not as technically gifted as Carlin Grant or Lyle Taylor. That's just the world. That's just mm. the world we live in, unfortunately. Um, and ho- hopefully, you know, if he is up to you know get behind him everyone will there's going to yeah. be what 4,000 just under Charlton fans up there and it's going to be a raucous crowd um, you know it's, it's going to be a crowd so behind this team because they have been all season and, and yeah. that's what we we want to see now someone you, you can't um, accuse of being behind the team uh, piped up again during the week and uh, normally this would probably be near the top of the show to be honest but I've just got so beyond caring what this man has to say at times that he's only getting a, a quick air in 10 minutes from the end of the show now we all laughed at Sheffield Wednesday's owner uh about a week or so ago when he put up a message on the club's website congratulating Sheffield United on their promotion to the Premier League. It's not the sort of thing you want to see as a Wednesday fan. It's a bit embarrassing. Yeah. It's completely pointless because it doesn't win you any friends at Sheffield United. They're all going to suddenly start buying tickets for Sheffield Wednesday. You just look like an idiot in front of your own fans and there's no need for it. Um, so, of course, Roland Duchatelet saw that. I thought, well, I'd best get in on the act as well. But well, he, he likes did, being an idiot. In front well, of yeah, he, fans, he, used, he? he used his uh, opportunity uh, to have a pop at Charlton fans once again, which is just ridiculous. Uh, you know, everyone's trying to, you know, pull together as a fan base and, and he just has to have his say. Um, so there's one line on this statement that appeared on the club website congratulating the teams in our division that got promoted, Luton and Barnsley. And then he wants to pass his congratulations on to Norwich City and to Chris Wilder and Sheffield United on their respective promotions. Doesn't name Farker at the uh, at Norwich because he doesn't even know who he is probably. Then he goes on to say what Wilder has achieved with the playing budget he has is very impressive and something he, the club and their fans can be very proud of. He came close to joining us in the summer of 2016 when we selected him to be our manager but he decided to go to Sheffield United where he knew he would be welcomed by everybody. While their seasons may be finished we still have a very important week, a few weeks ahead of us and our focus has to be on getting promotion to the championship. So why are you bringing up a feud with a fan with fans that you had two months ago as well uh, the staff the players and the Charlton fans have all played their part this year and now we need one last collective push to give us the best chance of promotion now I'd feel that those last two uh, sent- uh, last two paragraph sentences whatever were a lot more sincere if he hadn't gone out of his way to put a statement on the club website to have a pop at fans now you remember when he went on I think it was Jim White's show wasn't it yeah. Uh, he, he first brought up the idea that the reason Chris Wilder didn't come to the Valley was because of something on the Charlton Life Forum uh, that said he'd be mad to come, which, I mean, judging by this statement, probably correct. And obviously, he's done a br- obviously he has done a brilliant job uh, at Sheffield United, and I'll take my hat off to him. Yeah, You know, I don't really care, to be fair. I'm not going to go out of the way to put a statement on my Twitter or anything like that. Now, why has he gone out of his way to say something this ridiculous and then not even mention Lee Bowyer's brilliant job as well? Because he's an idiot. Um, I, that tra- for me, that statement basically translate as Wilder's got a team to the Premier League. If it wasn't for you fans, Wilder would have got us to the Premier League. But as that isn't the case, and we've got Lee Bowyer, good work for getting us to the playoffs, and best of luck. Um, and, and that's how it sounds. It sounds like he's he's trying to blame us for the fact that that we're not about to get promoted to the Premier League, and instead we've got three extra games, which he makes sound like a bit of a hassle to get promoted into the Championship, but. 
like you said, you saved it for the end of the running order. That's at best where it deserves to be. Uh, it didn't go on any of the, the club's social media, I don't think. Good. It's it's ridiculous. Um, mm. And the Sheffield Wednesday one, we all laughed. Uh, again, I said before the show, when you or, or Naif put, put it on our WhatsApp group, I assumed it was a joke. I assumed one of you had mocked it up and, and just copied, because it just read exactly like the Sheffield Wednesday one, but with the teams changed. And I laughed and thought, oh, that's funny, someone's done that. And then you said, no, 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 it's genuine. Mm. I I mean, it's a farce, isn't it? But just add it to the long list of things that we'll we'll look back and laugh about once he's once he's gone. There was one going round after Liverpool and Joe Gomez qualified for the Champions League final, which I did make, and that was a farce. And I, I assumed everyone would be on the joke because it was so ridiculous. But quite a few people I mean, did think it was real. So shows how mad he is. Yeah. It, really? So yeah, it says a lot. Now Bob Liscom, let's concentrate on the football again. Bob Liscom says you have stolen my thunder, Louis. I was going to ask you to put out a request to back Josh Parker during the next two or three games. Now is not the time for silly songs. And Ray Bates is uh, he's tweeting this and I've retweeted it so you can read it for yourselves but he's a manager he's, he's imagining uh, himself and his wife and all of us Charlton Live crew and Nabi Saar having a wonderful meal for his 38th, 38th wedding anniversary so we're assuming that's tonight well congratulations Ray and uh, all the best and uh, uh, congratulations to your wife for surviving 38 years with you and the dogs of course but no um, yeah I hope you've uh, uh, enjoyed the show and listening to Nabi Saar uh, he's got an earpiece in at the table while he's commitment. having the dinner I think yeah excellent stuff right um, as we say um, Ray Bates is up there as well with one, one uh, a brilliant Charlton fan who loves the club uh, and uh, there's so many of us and I'm sure everyone listening to this show certainly is but um, there's there's someone else who really just epitomises Charlton Athletic and Charlton Athletic women's team as well now Kim Dixon uh, is a Charlton fan through and through she works for the Community Trust so that's her job she, she is just I mean she says it herself she is the female Johnny Jackson yeah. she's uh, been with the club uh, the women's team since she was eight she's now uh, older than that uh, without going into specifics she's been there the whole time she hasn't played as much this year because you know you're coming to the end of your career but she's coaching the team she's coached young players for years and years and as I say of course she's a massive Charlton fan as well so at the player of the year dinner on uh, on Sunday evening she was presented with an award for her services uh, to women's football and to the Charlton Athletic women's team and we sat down with her for another exclusive interview so we're delighted to be joined here on Charlton Live by Kim Dixon who of course this evening uh, won outstanding contribution to women's football um Kim Dixon, when people hear your name, I mean, they immediately think, of course, of the Charlton women's team because you've been so synonymous with that outfit for, you say you've been there since you're eight and now yeah. that's at least at least 10 years now. So first of all, I mean, you've stuck with the club through thick and thin. Of course, you work with the, the community trust and yep. Charlton fan as well. Yep. So it must be very special to, to win an award yeah, for, the, for the club. Yeah, definitely a night like tonight. Obviously, Charlton are doing very well and as a fan, it's great to be at an event like this um, and to win a award um, is is massive um, obviously Charlton's in my blood really um, so I still want to be involved and things like that so um, and I think I'll always be involved in some way shape or form obviously I've not played this season but um, hopefully going forward uh, coaching wise and things like that um, I think they see me like uh, the women's team of Johnny Jackson, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the sort of route we're going to go down next year. Yeah, and of course, uh, the, the, there's no greater honour than being the Johnny Jackson of the women's it's not, team It's as not well. a bad honour to, <laughs> to, to, yeah. to be, yeah. Um, so. uh, the women's team on the, on, on, the, on the pitch this season have been a joy to watch. We've, we've been down to quite a few games, um, so, so many good memories. But for a first season in the Championship, to only just fall short of promotion to uh, to the next level up and of course and certain of a top four finish still got a chance of finishing above Durham in, in third I mean you must be so pleased with how it's gone on the pitch for the, for yeah the I think I think they've done very very well I think 
they'll probably tell you as well they probably exceed expectations of what where they'd want to finish um, so I think going forward they're going stronger into next year uh, and, and Ratish I know will probably want to build a very very good strong, strong squad for next year as well yeah and of course uh, Liz Ajupi won the, the, the player of the season yep. top scorer this year uh, described her as a new signing because she of course arrived yeah. from Aston Villa but she has connections with the club yeah. going back years and years and years I'm uh, delighted to see her win the award this season yeah I've known Liz for years like through obviously Centre of Excellence um, back in the day where I, I think I don't know if I coached or not maybe I did but <laughs> makes me sound very old through too, um, too many <laughs> there, there is a few that I have coached in the in the first team at the moment and um, so uh, but yeah she's she's taken taking it in her stride really this year uh, I think she's used to the standard which has been good um, bring a little experience even though she's quite young herself um, but she scored goals and that's probably you wouldn't probably think it if probably without Kit um, and her and Kit have probably complimented each other obviously Kit's been injured Liz has popped up and scored goals um, but next year obviously going forward if Kit and Liz are both still firing we're, we're a danger to any team really yes, so, I mean, what, what do you think the next step is for the women's team the, the, and we've seen the move to, to Crayford as well um, crowds are, are looking good I mean yeah. we were down there for the uh, the Palace game and there's 500 there I think Man U there was even more I mean, yeah people, 700 people, for Man U yeah, people have really taken to yeah. it this year um, I think that the club's coverage has, has been good we yeah. always try and cover as well because and it's not because we're doing it because we have to we do it because we enjoy it mm. um, I mean do you think the next step is bigger crowds and next year really pushing for that top two because you've yeah, got a real I, chance I don't, of those two big teams not. gone to, yeah. obviously to finish third or fourth this year as I said it will exceed expectations probably what they wanted they probably wanted mid-table um, looking at the teams that are in the in the, in the league um, but next year I, I, as I said I don't see why not with the firepower they got going forward um, obviously a little few additions um, going forward I think they'll be very very strong well, Kim, congratulations on your award this evening. Congratulations on being the Johnny Jackson of women's football. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, thanks for coming to talk to us on Charlton. Thank you very much. There we go, Kim Dixon, Charlton, through and through there, and uh, she's as excited as we are for the, the playoff campaign coming up. But she's been a great servant to the women's team. Um, we, uh, spoke to Ratish as well, the manager there, and he had some very kind words to say for Kim as well, which we're, hopefully we'll hear on a, on a show coming up in the in the near future. Now, I tweeted up, you know, playoffs are coming up. I'm so nervous. I said I said at the this afternoon on Twitter that I'm an, I'm an eight. Uh, on, on the 1 to 10 nervous scale. I'll put it out there just to find out um, how people are feeling. And Alex Clark says that she feels a lot worse after this week's Champions League games proved that even if we win 3-0 on Sunday, it means nothing. That's why I say, I mean, until we're three to 400 goals to the good, I'm not going to I'm not gonna relax. Yeah. Um, uh, Dempsey, Dan Dempsey says no nerves yet, but at 12.15, I know I'll be shaking in the away end. Um, uh, Mikey McLaren says I have playoff fever I can't concentrate on my work uh, Chrissy says I've been disappointed too many times he's at 9.5 oh Mansfield have just gone one up in the first playoff semi-final hopefully that'll be us on Sunday even that makes me nervous <laughs> and uh, 100% Charlton said that they're at 5% um, uh, Rebecca says she's got no nerves yet but it's all she can think about and it's her birthday next Friday so I hope, oh, I mean, that could God. really ruin it couldn't it but she's hoping for a really good birthday uh, Lewis says he's at 11 Hannah's at 10 Martin's just saying he's trying not to think about the playoffs Jack says is less than last year to be fair he has faith in this team Millie is at 25 out of 10 on the nervous scale right there's plenty more of those tweets but I haven't got time to read them all unfortunately because we have come uh, to the end of this week's Charlton Live big match 
big match playoff special preview show. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Paul Griffiths says he can't wait for Sunday. He's picking his dad up uh, after the drive from Pompey on Saturday and staying overnight uh, en route near Peterborough. Father and son weekend away. That's going to be a brilliant weekend, uh, Paul. As I said, I'm going to be up in uh, Doncaster on uh, on Saturday night, as are you, Tom. There's going yeah. to be a group of us there drinking away our pain uh, and our nerves. Uh, and if we bump into you in the town, we'll see you there. If not, we'll see you at the Keymote Stadium on Sunday. Tom, it's been a pleasure. It's another hour done, isn't it? Yeah, because we're an hour nearer knowing what's going to happen uh, and now an hour nearer where we need to be. I've been Louis Mendez. Thank you for joining us here on Charlton Live, the big match playoff preview. And we shall be back here next Wednesday evening. Uh, there's going to be no show on Sunday because we're in Doncaster. We'll be back here next Wednesday to look back at Keepmo and look ahead to the Valley. Hopefully, we'll be in a very good mood. Godspeed, everyone. We'll see you later. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.